Hello again, this is Elizabeth, and this is another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. And today, I want to talk to you about love. Not like you th- might think that I'm going to talk to you about it, but more about living from love, choosing to live from a place of love. You know, living from love is, in my opinion, kind of like choosing to love all that is choosing to look at things, to interpret things, to make decisions, to see people, to experience life from a place of love. Right from the rising sun in the morning to the rising moon at night and everything in between. It's loving each other, including yourself and loving yourself big time. I don't think love was meant to be something that we're only supposed to seek outside ourselves because it exists so abundantly inside us. Our infinite capacity to love can overshadow our ability to receive love if we don't first acknowledge and unconditionally accept love for ourselves. You know, I've come to realize in all the work that I do and also in my own personal experience that receiving love from someone else is an act of love both for yourself and the other person thinking that in order to truly feel loved you know it must be romantic romantic love is another limitation that cuts you off from all the love that really or is available to you you know for you from friends new friends old friends from your family from you know the great mother earth and whatever and whoever. As you listen to this and as you try to choose to lead with love, do so by choosing to ask yourself, what is the most loving choice that I can make for myself at this moment? Or what is the loving, most loving choice I can make for someone else, if that's what you want to do? Living from love is not self-sacrificing and it's not judgmental. There's nothing to prove and there's nothing to achieve. It's just perfect the way it is. So I want to dive into this and really talk about it with you today. And I hope you'll join me. Welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and your day today. My name is Elizabeth, and I am the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you are going through separation and divorce. Here we talk about how to heal, move forward, and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching. And that's when we aren't talking to experts. I am also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried, and a stepmom to three, so we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. And today, I will be talking about love. Let me start with a quote by Rumi. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to see and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it and embrace them. 
my inspiration for this podcast was partly that quote and just talking to you, to my clients, to students in my courses and even family members about love. And I find myself doing a lot of work on it as well. Just It's just been coming up for me a lot. Maybe it's because of a Venus retrograde. You may have heard about it. But part of what it's bringing up, you know, Venus is all about beauty and expression, abundance, love, um, financial abundance, wealth, prosperity, like all the beautiful things that we want and work for in life. And with her in retrograde, it's kind of calling us to look at things that, you know, things in the past, basically, uh, things that, you know, an old relationship might come back. Um, you might find some answers in the past for why you have um, a scarcity uh, limitation when it comes to money. You might find answers in the past relationship for why you feel blocked in new relationships. There's a possibility here for answers. Maybe that's why this came to me, but I just feel really called to talk about love. And I think, like I said, because of a personal experience or desire to live in the more wholesome, loving way, uh, less judgment, less self-sacrificing, less questioning who I am and whether I'm worthy. You know, why is it that we spend so much time, you know, doing that? You know, I am worthy, you know, trying to convince ourselves. I am deserving. I am a queen. I am this, you know, Mimi. It feels very... I don't know, it feels inauthentic to me often, though I do really believe in the work and I really believe in affirmations, but I think it's so important to first, you know, really get in touch with our own value around this and what we value and what's important and what love really means to us. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this in an earlier podcast as well, but dive in here with me, please. I'd love to have this conversation with you. So... I also want to be very clear. I think one of the things that inspired me was talking to a coaching client who's really struggling getting into the you know, new relationship, dating world, online dating, all of that. And I think so often, you know, regardless of what feminism has done for us and all the things that we've learned and all the things that women have done in general to feel equal and feel worthy and all of those things, there still is this lingering feeling that our worth is tied to our ability to partner with someone romantically, you know, our ability to attract someone and to be in a, a part of a couple, that if we're not part of a couple, there must be something wrong with us and we must not be lovable somehow. I'm not sure that anyone actually thinks that, but I do believe that we worry about it and we think that people think that, so we feel we must couple. And so our inability to couple sometimes because we just don't seem to be meeting the right person or maybe because you just don't really want to be in a relationship but it tends to get people kind of back on their heels apologizing or even defending themselves for why they don't want that right now and I really wish it wasn't so because there are so many opportunities to receive love in life and to be part of a loving um, community sisterhood friendship family relationships, we can get beautiful 
beautiful love from so many different people. It doesn't have to be from a, from a romantic person, a romantic partner. In fact, if you think about the people who've been in your life the longest, you know, here you are at, the, at a divorce or a junction like that. So whatever, you know, this most meaningful relationship that you've probably had so far is now ended or is ending. And so you might be really wondering like, well, what's in the future for me? Who am I going to be with? Am I going to be alone? But take a look around at the relationships you have that have been longer than that. The people who've been in your life from day one, who still are in your life, who you love dearly, like sisters, aunts, uncles, mom, dad, friends, people who really matter a lot. Why is it that the love we receive from them somehow isn't good enough? It, and it's not that it isn't good enough either, but it kind of is like we you're like that's really nice and I have lots of great friends and I have a great supporting family I hear this all the time but I really want to meet someone and I get it there's nothing wrong with wanting to meet someone and have that in your life as well what I really want to get away from is thinking that without that your life is somehow incomplete and you don't really experience love if you don't have that and that's so wrong so to get back to the beginning of what I said in the beginning, you know, choosing to live from a place of love and choosing love as a driving force in your life, the title of this podcast episode, in my opinion, means making decisions, act taking actions and making choices in our lives guided by the principle of love, which is compassion, empathy, kindness, understanding. It involves cultivating a mindset and attitude that prioritizes love, both for yourself and for others, and that have this mindset as the driving force behind your actions, your interactions, you know, just the way you show up in the world. I really think this world would be such a different place if we chose that as our premise, as our starting point, as our set point, instead of pride and ego and measuring up and elevating ourselves over other people, which is really what we were taught to do in so many ways and which is what we do. Because we think if we are better than someone or make more money or prettier or thinner or whatever, that we are somehow more lovable, somehow more worthy of love. And that's got nothing to do with it. The only love that you're going to get if it's based on that is transactional. It's the, I'll give you love as long as I get this from you and you give me love as long as I give you this. So I know for myself, I'd like to live in a different way. Here are some key aspects of living from a place of love that I came up with. And you might wanna grab a pen and paper and take some notes here because I think you're gonna get some, some things to think about and you know, chew on over the next few days. Anyway, the first one is self-love. I mean, obviously, right? The, now, you've probably heard the saying, unless you love yourself, you can't really receive love from others. And I don't think that that's true. Um, it certainly isn't true that people won't love you because you don't love yourself. That's bullshit, plain and simple. There are lots of people in this world who love you a lot. And I think all of us go through stages of loving ourselves more or less. And I think the end of a marriage is a time when generally self-love is pretty low. 
And that doesn't mean that the people in your life, like your family and your friends, love you any less. On the contrary, they're there for you and they love you and they want to help you. And they want you to love yourself because when you do, it is easier to receive love. You see, love is one of those beautiful things that is given like a gift. And if you love yourself, then you also know that you're worthy of receiving love, which means that you are open-hearted, open-minded. And when somebody shows love towards you, you're able to say, oh my God, thank you. Thank you for giving me that love today or thank you for sharing that with me or showing me that. And you can receive it. And the other thing that you will see is that receiving love from someone is actually a gift, not just from them to you, but it is a gift from you to them. I know when I'm pouring love on someone, whether it's my kids, my husband, my friends, whoever, clients, I want them to receive it. It's not a, an ego thing. It's not that I'm measuring it somehow. It's just I am I am sending love their way to either help or just because I want them to know that I care simply because I love them and I want them to feel that so that they can feel a little lighter that day, a little bit more loved, a little bit whatever. So when we don't love ourselves, when we feel badly about ourselves, when we don't feel deserving, it's really hard to receive it because you find yourself thinking, oh, but how can you love me? I'm this or that, or this or that is wrong with me. Or you might think, well, how can you really love me when there's, you know, is that really real? Like, is it true? Because I think sometimes when we really are hard on ourselves and we've gone through a lot of trauma, we've lost important love, like from a life partner, for example, it's hard to trust the love that's coming to us. And if you don't love yourself and you don't see your worth and your value to others, it, you can find yourself not trusting the love that's coming. You can find yourself wondering, well, what do you want? Like you say you love me and you're being super nice to me, but what do you want? You know what I mean? I know that I've been there. Um, so I think, you know, self-love is a really important first step and a really important part of not just loving yourself. That's not the only um, benefit, if you will. It's the ability to open your heart to love and receiving love from others so that the, there's this flow of love in and out of you, in and out of you all the time in towards yourself, in from others towards yourself and out from you towards others. And when you come from that place and you're giving love to others, it feels so good. So yes, let's all start with self-love. And you can check out other podcast episodes, not to mention my membership, my coaching, and a course that's coming up, which I'll tell you more about at the end, which can really help you with exactly this self-love. Now, building on that, we're going to move into number two, which is about empathy and compassion. All of the points that I'm coming with now are easier and more achievable if you have worked on the first one first. So this first one is really important that it comes first. The others can come in any order. It doesn't really matter. So number two is empathy and compassion. Understanding and connecting with the feelings and experiences of others and responding with kindness and empathy are essential traits of living from a place of love. 
It involves putting yourself in someone else's shoes and treating them with the same care you would want for yourself. That's compassion. That's empathy. Now, the biggest difference between empathy and compassion is is that empathy is sort of putting yourself into the feeling that they're having and actually holding that feeling in your own body, feeling what they're feeling. Compassion is more about sitting down and creating space, space for them to feel what they're feeling, making it okay, not asking for them to explain or work through it or anything, just... You know, it's like if you know that someone, for example, is grieving, it's just sitting down with them and saying, I get it. It's okay. Go ahead and grieve. I'm just going to sit here with you while you're doing that. That's compassion. Empathy is, oh my God, I feel your pain. I am grieving with you and you're crying and you're hugging and you're doing all those things. And those things are great. Both of those are great and they're needed at different times by different people. So being able to show empathy and feel that and also being able to show compassion, really important part of living from a place of love, of creating space for other people in their pain, their joy, their triumphs and and celebrations, as well as their sorrow, their grief, and their losses. Number three, forgiveness. This is like every time I bring up forgiveness, my clients just start rolling their eyes, scrunching their faces and going, no, I can't. I can't forgive. I don't want to. You know, this person doesn't deserve it. It's never about the other person. Choosing forgiveness over resentment or holding grudges is another manifestation of living from a place of love. It allows you to let go of negative emotions and negative feelings and pain and move forward with an understanding and an openness. And you know what? That understanding and openness could be all about you. It doesn't have to be about the other person. When I say to my clients, you know, have you forgiven your ex? Like, no, I can't. You know, my ex doesn't deserve it. It's got nothing to do with your ex. It's about you saying, I am no longer going to let the pain, the negative feelings, the negative memories, the resentment I feel, the anger, I'm not going to let those things run my life anymore. I'm not going to let those things be the things that control how I show up in this world. I'm letting go. I'm moving forward with a new understanding and openness towards myself and this other person, understanding that they behaved in a limited or poor way, they were not kind, and that they had their own reasons, which you do not understand, you do not agree with, and you do not like, but whatever they were, they're theirs, and you're ready to move on and leave it behind. That's forgiveness. Maybe you're not ready for it yet, and that's okay. But put it on your list so it can be a a maybe one day. How's that? All right, let's move forward. Um, Though, before I do... I'm sure you can understand what a big part of self-love forgiveness is. You know, being able to to let go of something that is no longer serving you, pain that's holding you back, pain that's keeping you awake at night, pain that's hurting your heart and hurting your body. Of course, it's an act of self-love to forgive and let go of that, right? Okay, moving on. Number four, 
I mean, what better way to show love to the world, to live from a place of love than acts of kindness? You know, engaging in acts of kindness, whether big or small, without expecting anything in return, is a beautiful way to express love. It's an expression of living from a place of love. It can be as simple as offering a helping hand to someone in need or showing appreciation for others. It can be about calling a friend because you know she has a tough anniversary coming up. It can be hugging someone when they express grief over having lost a pet. It can be just cooking a meal for someone because they've had an overwhelming week for whatever reason. Maybe they have a, a sick child and they've been up all night and you bring them dinner for the next day so they don't have to worry about that for their family. Those are acts of kindness. It's the little things that you can do to make someone else's life feel a little lighter and to feel loved. They feel loved by your act of kindness. Here's a little challenge for you. How about in the next 48 hours after listening to this podcast, you do an act of kindness for someone, anyone, doesn't matter. And then head over to my Instagram, it's tagged in the show notes, and post a picture of something kind you did and tag me at the Separation Club. Tag me, act of kindness. I would love to hear about it. And you know what? First of all, when you do an act of kindness, you're spreading love to the person that you're doing something kind for. You're spreading love to yourself because that's just what happens. Karma, love goes out, love comes in. And by sharing it, you will inspire others to do acts of kindness. You will share your beautiful love with me. I get to witness it and it just grows. So I really hope you will share your act of kindness with me on Instagram, tag me at the separation club. Let us know what you did. Take a picture and yeah, I can't wait to see them all. All right, moving forward. Number five, non-judgment. So living from a place of love involves being less judgmental and critical of others, plain and simple. Things like gossip is not loving. Um, judging someone for how they're choosing to live their life, not, not loving. You can disagree with how someone lives their life or how they go about their work or whatever. You can disagree. You can think that's not how I would do it, but they have their own way and that's okay. No judgment. No, it's not necessary to put them down to others. It's not necessary to gossip about them. It's not necessary to criticize. It's just just let people have their own way of doing things. If they're asking you for guidance or for help or for advice, by all means. But again, without judgment. Instead of passing judgment, it's more about accepting people for who they are and recognizing that everybody has their very own and very unique journey that they're on. Let them have theirs as you want to be left alone to have yours. Number six, gratitude. I mean... You had to know it was coming, right? Cultivating gratitude and acknowledging the blessings in life really foster a positive and loving perspective. Being grateful for what you have and expressing gratitude towards others, it really just creates a loving environment. You know, when you're sitting in gratitude, you're saying thank you. You're saying thank you to people, to yourself. You're you're being grateful for just the beauty around you perhaps, for nature, for the sun rising, the sun setting, the moon rising, um, the beautiful water, the trees, the flowers, the grass, you know, whatever it is, 
when you are showing appreciation, when you are in the place of gratitude, that is the very same vibration of the highest form of love. Gratitude raises your vibration to such a beautiful high place. High meaning not, you know, elevated like better than others, just simply a higher vibration that is a place of joy and love and, you know, I don't know, just excitement for life, amplified living. That's where we find the the other people who feel like we do. That's where we find loving experiences. That's the place where we start to look around and see the absolute beauty of life and the fact that you're here. Gratitude will always bring you up. And you can't be truly grateful unless you're coming from a place of love. So when I, I always tell my clients to do gratitude, you know, to practice gratitude every day to help pull them out of a negative mindset and a negative place. But it's not sufficient to just kind of mindlessly sit and go, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for that. No, take a few deep breaths, you know, center yourself, ground yourself, and then take a look around and be mindful of what you're grateful for and really feel into it. So, for example, you wake up in the morning and you say, ah, I am so grateful for this comfy bed. Like, I feel so good when I'm in bed. I love being in this bed. I love my covers. I love my pillow. I am so grateful to have this wonderful bed to fall asleep in and to wake up in. Can you tell the difference there between that and I'm grateful for my bed, I'm grateful for my house, I'm grateful for this. You can tell, obviously. This is your nudge to bring your gratitude practice to a whole new level. Okay, and that brings us to number seven, which is an invitation to be more open-hearted. Being open to giving and receiving love, as well as being vulnerable with others, allows for a much more authentic you know, way of connecting with people and therefore deeper relationships. So it's probably one of the hardest things that we do, honestly, being open hearted, truly like being open to receiving love and giving love. And I think especially open to giving love before we've received it or before we know if we're going to receive it, it feels vulnerable, it feels scary. You might be coming out of a situation where trust is just gone. Like you just don't even trust in mankind anymore in the, you know, that there are good people out there. It would feel really hard. But if you close your heart off and you don't allow yourself to live from this place of love, then you are going to miss out on making meaningful connections and deeper relationships and all those things that I know you really want, but it's not possible if you're closed off. So as scary as it is, and as hurt as you've been, yes, I am asking you to open your heart. But start by opening your heart to the people that are already in your life. You know, start safe. Open your heart to your friends. Be truly grateful for them. Tell them that. Tell them that you love them. Show them love. Show them acts of kindness, compassion. Um, really practice with what I will call safe people like your friends, your family, people who you feel you can trust and who are not going to let you down. 
And then one day when you meet new people, let's say new friends at first, then you practice with them. You think, okay, here's a new person. I think they seem really cool. Like I'd like to get to know him or her better. I'm going to choose to be open-hearted here. I'm going to choose to leave with love and I'm going to choose to trust because I have no reason not to trust this person. I don't know them and I don't know that they're not trustworthy. So I will choose to be open-hearted, open-minded and trust. I know it's hard, but we have to come from that place or we'll never have the kind of love you're looking for again because your heart's closed, plain and simple. The last one I want to talk to you about today is about unity and connection. So this is number eight. We are all connected and recognizing this sort of interconnectedness of all beings and understanding that we're part of a larger whole promotes a sense of unity and also a shared responsibility. And by responsibility, I mean responsibility for the general well-being of not just yourself, which is what we started with, but for those around you. When we open our minds and our hearts, and when we're grateful, open-hearted, non-judgmental, kind, forgiving, compassionate, loving, we bring that into the world. There's this beautiful ripple effect. When we choose to lead with love, then we will receive more love and people around us will feel safe to love as well. When we lead with kindness, the same thing happens. So when we really sit down and look around at how we're all connected, start noticing that when you have a bad day, so do your kids. You know, you end up in an argument with them or you're just more short-tempered, so they become more short-tempered. But when you're in a great mood, so are they. They feed off, you know, you feed off each other. It's the same with the world. You impact everyone. When you are leading with love and kindness and then your children go off to school feeling so supported and loved that morning, then they're better with their friends and then their friends have a better day and then they go home with their families and they have a better day. It has a ripple effect. Don't ever think that your kindness ends with you and that it is not appreciated by the world and not valued. We are all connected. We are all energy. We're all energy particles. And I know nothing about physics really, except that we're all made up of atoms and molecules and everything in the world is, everything around us is, and we're all just buzzing here together. And that everything, every single one of us does has a ripple effect out. So when somebody is unkind and and mean and hurtful and toxic and abusive, that has a ripple effect. But so does love and kindness and gratitude and compassion. So which one do you want to be? And I know the answer to that. So lead with love. Choose to ask yourself, how can I lead with love today? How can I choose to show up from a loving place? Or when you feel conflict or feel some kind of scarcity or fear or lack or anything like that, hand on heart, ask yourself, what's the most loving thing I can do for myself right now? The most loving thing, not the safest thing, not the most limiting thing. What's the most loving thing that I can do for myself right now? Or what is the most loving thing that I can do for this person, for the people around me, for the world? 
for anyone, for this space, whatever. Ask yourself that and start to observe and notice and be grateful for the ripple effect that your love has on others. That when you shine brightly from your heart, it is so impactful. It is so important. And the journey that you need to take to get to that place where you can live from a place of love, it's so important. I I have understand that it's not just like, okay, that's it. You're right, Elizabeth. I want to live from a place of love. And then that's just the way it is. I work on this, me, myself here, Elizabeth, I work on this every single day and I'm getting better at it. And then I have days where I think at the end of the day, yeah, that wasn't a very loving day. There was some gossiping, some judgment. Yeah, I could have done better today, but that's okay. Learn. I feel that even just by noticing that, I have grown so much. I'm really trying to choose to show up differently for myself and for the greater good. And I'm inviting you to be part of that movement here with me. Now, you know I've got your back when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I want to help you with this because I know it's not easy, especially not coming out of a divorce because it feels anything but loving. And... It's hard not to jump into the, you know, the generally feeling like it's, I can't show up from a place of love. There's way too much bad stuff happening around me, right? I get it. That is the exact journey I want to take you on in this new program I have. It kicks off in September. Signups have started. You know, I talked about this on my masterclass last night and Oh my God, they're so excited. The registrations are coming in, but I want to tell you this, I'm only taking 10. So get on this quickly. This is the, you know, a healing mindfully program. And it is all about learning the strategies, the practices, the mindset that helps you do that. It is about learning who you are. What does it even mean to show up? from a place of love? What does it mean to lead from love? What does that mean for you? How will you show up as a loving human being? It's going to be different than how I show up. It might not be very different, but it'll be different because you are different. It is so important that we learn who we are, that we learn the things that are stopping us from doing that and getting rid of those blocks. And one of the ways There'll be many different ways, but one of the key ways that I do that is working through the chakra system, the energy system in our body, these seven chakras that really hold the energy in our body. So when we tune into our body, you know, one of the questions I always ask my clients is like when they express pain or anger or frustration, I always ask, where in your body are you feeling that? Like as they're talking to me, I can tell they're getting more, maybe more agitated, more animated, upset, crying. Where in your body are you feeling that? Like, are you feeling it in your throat? Maybe that's your throat chakra. Maybe you feel like you're not being heard or you're not able to express your feelings. Are you feeling it in your heart? That's usually resentment. Or are you feeling it, maybe you're feeling it in your, um, in your sort of solar plexus area. That has to do with confidence and passion and identity and all of those things. There are so many clues. There are so many ways that we can connect with who we are and what's going on in 
in, in our lives and how we can open up more and create this really beautiful flow of energy through us that is loving and compassionate and grateful and kind. And one beautiful way to do that is through the chakra system. So I want to do all of this with you in the Mindfully Healing program. Um, I'm going to include a link, obviously, in the show notes below. We get started on September 11th. It'll run for eight weeks. This, this is life-changing because not only will I take you through, you know, you're helping you heal from your divorce and move forward and feel good and step into the world as this bright and shining human, but these are skills and, and strategies and tools that you will take with you throughout your life. What I'm going to be teaching you is exactly the journey that I went on after my divorce. I don't believe in teaching anything else. It's what I'm good at. It's teaching you what I did. Taking you on the same self-discovery journey that I went on. Because I can tell you, it was so freaking beautiful. I just, I would never want anything to have happened differently in my life because I wouldn't have had that journey. And I wouldn't give that up for the world. And I want to share it with you. I want to take you on that journey. I want to help you love yourself, be compassionate towards yourself and others. I want to help you forgive. I want to help you have everything. I want to help you step forward into your new life with excitement and sure, a little bit of fear. That's okay. But mostly excitement and a belief that you are deserving and that you can. You can do this. You can have everything you want. So let's do this together. I really hope you'll join me. Um, I'll put all the information below and you can go check it out. But let's wrap up today. And I want to say, just so that I've said it, that living from a place of love does not mean ignoring negative emotions or avoiding difficult situations. Because they, they happen. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have challenges that come your way, unexpected things. We go through loss. We go through grief. We go through so many things. Not every day can be good. And some days living from a place of love is really hard. But what we're trying to do is to, you know, see these hard days. And as we get a handle on them, to respond to them with love and understanding. It's an ongoing practice. This is why I want to teach you all these tools. An ongoing practice that requires self-awareness, mindfulness, and a commitment to your inner growth. You know, by living from a place of love, you can contribute positively to not only your life, like I said, but it ripples out to everyone else. It fosters a more compassionate and loving and harmonious and connected world. And I want that and I hope you do as well. Thank you so much for being here with me. I really hope I get a chance to work with you in September. But until then, have the most beautiful day.